cliffcentral.com. Andrew Ludwig is the co-founder and CEO of Currency Hub, which is a regulated investment manager that specializes in digital asset arbitrage. If that sounds like a lot of words, don't panic. We're going to have him explain to us in just a second what he means. Andrew has spent most of his entrepreneurial career in both the marketing of and managing of alternative investment strategies. So let's talk to him about Currency Hub. Andrew, it's a great pleasure to have you on. How are you? Very well. Morning, Gareth. Morning to your followers. Thank you very much. It's nice to have you on. So tell us what Currency Hub is, and then we can get into arbitrage, because uh, for many people, that's the kind of word that they hear, and they go, oh, no. Is that, is that to do with a war in the Middle East? <laughs> so let's well, start with Currency yeah. Hub. Tell us what that is. <laughs> it will be some arbitrage there, nonetheless. Um, <laughs> Gareth, Currency Hub is a regulated financial services provider that provides a very unique service in the area of digital assets where we exploit a price inefficiency uh, in a term called arbitrage, which we'll extract uh, in this conversation. And yeah, we've been around for, for some time. We've gone through various phases and interitions uh, as financial professionals, but we find ourselves focused in the digital assets at this point in time. All right. And what exactly are we talking about when we talk about digital assets? Um, are we talking about uh, cryptocurrencies? Uh, what, what precisely are we talking about? Exactly that, Gareth. So the preferred nomenclature is digital assets. Uh, right. And uh, that's uh, how, it's, how it's trending these days. Right. Okay. So um, you've, you've explained arbitrages. It's this difference between the price variation. So you obviously are paying attention to a whole lot of things that we can't possibly pay attention to because you've got technology and people and experience that's working in the background. There's someone buying something for this much. There's someone selling it for that much. You managed to exploit the difference between the two. Spot on. So arbitrage by its very definition is a ability to exploit inefficiencies that may exist in a duration through time or data for that matter, just as an example. And, and arbitrage has existed for millennia. Now, because of exchange control in South Africa, you pay a premium for digital assets. For example, if I was to purchase $100 worth of Bitcoin in New York right now, I could mm -hmm. offload that amount of Bitcoin for $103 here in South Africa. Right. That $3 is a 3% profit, and that's what we refer to as the premium. So at 3%, if I'm offloading a 10 million rand foreign investment allowance, which is available to most South Africans, that would equate to 300,000 rand in profits. Uh -huh. Now, it's not bad when you could now, and now this is something that 99% of South Africans are not using, who has 10 million rand to send abroad every year. Sure. Not all of course. Okay, so what kind of profits are people making? Yeah, so, I mean, right now, average year-to-date has been trending of around 1.2 to 1.5% profits. Now, what that equates to is 120,000 to 150,000 Rand once we've expressed the full trade using the full 10 million Rand offshore allowance. Now, we've seen maximum returns as to 3.4, but in our worst month, looking over the year, clients are still making 1%. Okay, that's 100,000 Rand for three hours of work. Basically entails onboarding, doing a FICA documentation, signing a few documents, et cetera, et cetera. This all gets done online. It's slick, it's efficient as it can be. But essentially, where else are you going to make 30,000 Rand an hour doing basically data entry? 
nowhere I know of, and if um, if it's so if it's so easy for you guys to do it, is the only impediment stopping other people that these amounts of available currency aren't necessarily available to everyone. Gareth, it's not so much about the liquidity that we are trading; it's about and a person's having capital to trade with. So our minimum trading capital is 100,000 Rand. We would recommend 250 as the sweet spot. And the higher, that you, the higher amount that you trade with, you reduce, re reduce your uh, friction costs that take on the form of other expenses throughout the supply chain. Okay, well, what is your background? And tell us a little bit about you and how you got into this, Andrew. So I've been very fortunate to be exposed to the alternative assets and, and traditional investing and stockbroking and fund management for many years. The better part of 15 years I've consulted to multifamily offices. And, and through this time working closely with hedge funds, where I met my business partner, David Ferrello, uh, we have got to know the alternative industry quite well. And we built and were part of a team that built uh, a very exciting project back in the day. And we learned how to build businesses with an institutional mindset because our investors were pensions, offshore managers, high net worth individuals in South Africa. So with that background, we were always exploring different ways of trading and Dave stumbled onto crypto some time ago, got me into it in around 2017. And, and that was about the time where we stumbled on this arbitrage opportunity. So yeah, it's been, a, it's been a really exciting journey based on the principles of traditional finance. And now we find ourselves at the sort of intersection of crypto pioneers. Okay, so based on what you've said about moving funds around the world, for ordinary people, um, there must be some, just to give people pause for thought on this, there are risks involved. There are always risks in everything. So what are the risks in this? Because people know no risk, no reward. And obviously there have been you know, some people who've been burnt by either doing small trades themselves or by investing with the wrong people. But those two things having been spoken for, what are the other major risks? I think before we address the risk, Gareth, let's just go back into the provenance of our business and our trading strategy and, and, and why it works, because this will speak to the risks that we are going to address right now. But our hedge fund background, essentially, allows us to operate at a, at a very sophisticated level in finance. We have achieved multiple financial services licenses and as such have been able to get an asset management license, a foreign exchange intermediary license. And with the knowledge of trading, and, and that being Dave and Ashton and, and Warren, who all come from a deep pedigree of trading backgrounds, they have navigated market risks for their, their financial careers. Now, the big risk we got here is counterparty risk. We are essentially one of the primary counterparties. So you're trusting in us, a regulated financial service provider, I believe the most regulated in the crypto arbitrage space and probably the longest serving for that matter. But we're accountable to the Reserve Bank. We are accountable to the FSCA. And as such, there's a whole lot of reporting and compliance work that we are obliged to do and maintain. So mm -hmm. there's nothing nefarious that we can do because we're very much in the public lie as well. So it's down to counterparty risk. And counterparty means all the bells and whistles and the very service providers that attach themselves to our strategy. So who are our counterparties? These are exchanges and OTC providers over the counter who we have worked with for several years and have built faith in them because they have navigated the last two years, three years in the crypto space that has been horrendous from the crash yeah. of Terra Luna 
Sam Bankman-Fried at FTX in October, the run on the bank, Silvergate in February. And how did our counterparties operate in that time? Were they exposed? So the due diligence process is as deep as we possibly can do. Uh, and then it's also how we behave. What did we do in those instances? We got out the market. We don't like the market, but we don't think it's too frothy. We get out. So we're discretionary asset managers with a deep background in trading derivatives, equities, forex, and crypto for that matter. And with that knowledge can trade macro environments and exploit them better than most people who are simply running an algorithm or a code to do the arbitrage. I know this is really a bit of guesswork um, and perhaps some intuition, but you're, you're probably better a guesser and a more calculated risk taker here than anyone I know. Are you feeling bullish or bearish about the uh, the crypto market going forward anyway? Yeah, I, it's, it was a question asked of me last week in, in, in an interview. I remain bullish, naturally, um, and you know, I'm also not ignorant of the fact that this market needs regulation. And there's a lot of excitement in the space. So we're looking at all the noise around the ETFs that are about to pop up in the US. And that's great news. We're seeing big names like BlackRock, Fidelity. They're pouring in. Um, Dave and Warren were in Singapore recently. And they could see the institutional adoption and the, and the conversations with you know, big, big players out there. Locally, right. we're seeing a lot more responsibility taking place here. But I will be more bullish as and when regulation is very, very apparent. And kudos to South Africa and the regulator, the FCA, they're there. And on the 1st of December, crypto assets, digital assets will be fully regulated. And guys like myself will have to have those licenses in order to perform a arbitrage trading strategy like that. And this brings comfort to the end user, the consumer, and it'll also usher in a new class of investor, the institutions, pension funds, the larger asset managers. And as such, yeah, we hope we hope to to be able to service a, a broader community with peace of mind that we have adhered to the standards beholden upon us. And South Africa, as as a part of your market here, is is a a place where I think people are very interested in in Bitcoin. I think people are interested in in Ether. I think people are interested in the blockchain. I think that's because we uh, are looking looking at our rand assets and we're going mm, this hasn't gained any value over the years perhaps it's better if we look elsewhere and this seems like the easiest thing to do well i mean don't underestimate we're coming off a very low base in crypto right now so we've seen a cataclysmic, cataclysmic crash from sixty thousand dollars down to 15. so uh, bitcoin's trending at sort of 25 at the moment ETH at around 1.6 and it's been bouncing along like that and we're getting bursts of excitement and you're right, South Africans are big adopters. I think something like 10% of us are, are invested in one way or another. That's some sort of a number out there. But we're also home to some of the best scammers. Uh, I won't give them any credit on the show right now. But again, the reinforcement and requirement for regulation to hopefully sweep out some of the uh, more nefarious activities. And we've got to remember how young the, the cryptocurrency market is too. It's, you know, it's only been a few years. And um, for anything, to have gone through the ups and downs that it has, it's bound to eventually reach a, a point where it's a lot more stable, uh, in inverted commas, because what is what is stable these days? You know, people talk about all the other assets and they reserve mm. a special a special high standard for crypto, don't they? I mean, <laughs> no one's talking like this about, about certain stocks, which we won't go into either. No, and I think a lot of guys are drawing sort of references to the the, the boom in, in the dot-com era in 2000. And... 
yeah, I mean, there's a, there's a lot of similarities on the graphs as to how this has played out and looking at big operations like Microsoft and Amazon survived 2000. But it took them 15 years to get back to the all-time highs that they were trading at. So is that in the post for crypto? Uh, I sincerely hope not. But to make that difference, and you've touched on the word blockchain, blockchain versus digital assets are two fundamentally different things, notwithstanding the symbiotic relationship. But the sure. actual engineering behind the blockchain technology is what excites me. And the engineering and the, the, the work that goes on in these crypto winters that we are in, and we've seen cyclically new ideas come out of these, out of the doldrums. We saw NFTs come out of the last winter, DeFi coming out the last winter, and now we're seeing some very exciting stuff coming out there. So everything's working a lot faster, it's becoming a lot cheaper. The moment we regulate it, it becomes a more reasonable alternative to the traditional infrastructure that we're paying a lot of fees for, and take and that takes up a lot of time. Andrew, who's this best suited to? I mean, who who to you are the target market here? And and what is the minimum investment? Maybe someone's listening now and they go, oh, this is exactly what I've been looking for. Um, but I've only got a thousand, two thousand, three thousand rand. That's still can they still play? Gareth, we historically had a minimum investment of two hundred and fifty thousand Rand. And and this was in place for most of our our, our, our time trading for, for a number of good reasons. But for the short answer is the minimum trading amount is 100,000 Rand right now. So who's got 100,000 Rand? Who's this appeal to? So number one, you need to be a South African citizen over the age of 18 with a South African ID number. And you need to have your e-filing up to date. So tax compliant mm. for that matter. And those are the credentials. Then you need three hours of your time and hopefully some familiarity with what we do. So currencyhub.coza is where we are. We have a lot of media articles. We have the frequently asked questions section, which covers most of that. And naturally, we are always readily available at a click of a button. All right. So you said currencyhub.co.za is where we can go, right? That's right. And I think yeah, to kind of frame this particular thing, we have the opportunity to trade 10 million rand of your foreign investment allowance plus the 1 million rand single discretionary allowance. That 11 million rand allowance, we can essentially trade over six months. So with the 100,000 rand that you might have in your bond or your credit card, or you've just got paid a bonus, you can trade that. Now, let me use the example of 250,000 rand because it's a figure I've got better in my mind. But with 250,000 rand, I can get through 10 million rand in 40 trades. I want 40 trades instead of 100 trades, the example using 100,000, because 40 trades is 40 swift fees, 500 rand each, versus the 100 swift fees. So we don't want to give the bank too much, and we mm -hmm. want to preserve your profits. Now, with 250,000 rand at the current premium levels trending at around 2.5%, 3%, I can hopefully make my clients about 140, 150,000 rand, which we're seeing in the completed trading statements of our clients this year. So talking a low road and run, I'd rather keep expectations low and be pleasantly surprised with any upside, but if I make 150,000 Rand or 250,000 Rand, I've made circa 40 to 60% return. That's not bad in one year. What bad in six months? No. So I don't believe anywhere else is generating those returns, but the risk-adjusted return is what excites me because uh, you know, our operation has been around since 2017. So we have seven years trading track record over 100,000 trades and not a single loss. 
And how do we do that? References to those financial services license again. We are the foreign exchange intermediary. We are the primary counterparty. With that forex license, we lock in your RAND dollar relationship. So it doesn't matter if the RAND goes up or down. And we have the best price at forex. And that's the only fee we charge to do the arbitrage. Now, once we've locked in the forex rate, simultaneously we're negotiating a premium rate with the exchange or over the, over the counter, and we lock in that rate. So we know exactly what profits our clients are going to make before we commit to that trade. And that is the beauty of being able to do this with category two asset management licenses, foreign exchange intermediary in-house. That's the secret sauce. And as a result, we can operate in a low margin. And this is why many people got kind of, but many of the other service providers, they got squeezed out when it got down to 2.5. Anything under that, it's very, very hard to trade this thing. And we can trade this thing right down to 1%. Wow. All right, so I, I would suggest if anybody wants any more info, they can go along to currencyhub.co.za. And with deep operational experience, as he's just told us in alternative investments, Currency Hub is positioned at the intersection of crypto pioneers and traditional asset management while authorized by the FSCA, which is important too. Their focus has been on a seven-year-old arbitrage strategy, which makes a 2 to 4% daily profit from price inefficiencies between digital assets and foreign exchange due to the exchange controls in South Africa. Did I summarize it reasonably well? Thank you, Gareth. Spot on. <laughs> Andrew, thank you so much for your time. Thank you, Gareth. Have a good day.